So this afternoon, I wanted to preach on something that I've been thinking through for the last few weeks. And we all know that around us, there are thousands of voices competing for our attention. And we also know that every voice that competes for our attention is an expert, right? I mean, there's more experts, I think, in the world now than there have ever been. There are Facebook experts, Twitter experts, Instagram influencers, TikTok, talkers, I don't know what they're called. <laughs> I'm showing my age now. <laughs> and they all want our attention. There are so many voices vying for our attention. In fact, I was thinking through this whole thing of when the pandemic started, and then the vaccine came. And suddenly it became impossible to actually research either way. I remember going online trying to research what my, I didn't really have any thoughts on the vaccine. I was like, should I, shouldn't I, I don't know. And you went online and there were a hundred people on each side swearing that they were right. And we all know, I mean, I literally got analysis paralysis where I was like, I don't even know anymore. I just shut it all down. I was like, I can't because I just don't know. Because everyone presented facts. Okay, everyone had the facts and poor little me was trying to figure it all out. So I just actually closed Facebook and said I can't do it anymore. And as Christians, we also have voices that are competing for our attention. And specifically, I think for us, there's two major or main voices that compete for our attention, namely Jesus and the devil. Interesting. The question is, which one are you listening to? Or actually, which one is the loudest? That's quite a shocking statement, right? And you're going like, well, obviously, it's a simple answer. I'm listening to Jesus. Good. Of course I am. But if we're honest, I think sometimes we can incline our ear to the subtle and sometimes obvious lies and deceit of the enemy. Who's ever done that? Maybe not knowingly or willingly, but he can do that, right? He is a deceiver and a liar by nature. That is his nature. Imagine that is, that is your nature. You are a liar. That is the devil. And have you ever noticed that bullies often make the most noise and have the most bravado, I like that word bravado. It's like they just puff out their chest and just, I mean, yeah, <laughs> what can I say? Bullies. They're always loud and in your face and they've got lots to say about every situation and they very seldom have anything nice to say. I don't know if you ever met a bully who was complimentary. <laughs> I haven't personally. <laughs> See, because bullies by nature major in negative narratives. Okay, that's their whole thing. If bullies were nice people who just told you how cool you were the whole time, they wouldn't be bullies, they would be friends. And our enemy is no different. He is a bully. Even though he's defeated, he's still a bully. And he's defeated, and he knows he's defeated, so he makes as much noise as possible because he knows his end is coming, right? Right. (laughs) 
First Peter 5, 8 says this, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now, I used to work in the ad industry many, um, many lifetimes ago. And once we went on a shoot in Hoodsprayt. Have anyone been to Hoodsprayt before? But there's a cheetah... Okay, Karen's been there. <laughs> Did you study there? Oh, no, okay. But there's a, okay, so there's a cheetah sanctuary there, and we went up to shoot the cheetahs, and we were all like super amped, like city boys, like we'd never been to the, huh? Shoot as in with cameras, yeah, 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 yeah. We weren't going hunting, we were going to make a movie about the rehabilitated cheetahs. <laughs> Shoo, okay, I almost got in trouble there. <laughs> so we were going to make a movie about these cheetahs, and it was incredible. We were kind of hanging out with them, and they were quite tame, and... Jesus don't, they're quite like unassuming animals. They're quite shy, they run really fast, but they're quite mellow, they're, they're quite chilled. Actually, the one guy at one point was lying down next to the cheetah getting a photograph. I was like, geez, I don't know if I'd do that for him anyway. But while we were shooting, while we were filming these things, we heard that there was a lion in this place. We were like, okay, like, we, we've never seen a lion before. So we made our way to this big pen where there was this lion. Now, who's seen a lion in real life? Okay. A lion on TV and a lion in real life are two very different things. I promise you, this thing was behind a massive caged uh, fence, and I was still intimidated. I mean, this lion, male lions are massive. They are massive, and when they roar, you get why they call them the king of the jungle. I mean, they are intimidating in size, in every single way. And I think, you know, if a cheetah came at you, maybe you'd stand a chance. I mean, I'm probably not, but maybe. <laughs> no, Karen's like, no ways. <laughs> okay. okay, in my mind, maybe I thought if a cheetah came at me, I'd stand a chance, because I overestimate my own strength. But if a lion came for me, I just knew that this thing is ridiculous. And the males don't really hunt either. They're quite like chilled, but I mean, they are vicious. And when you think of that, you think of this picture of this roaring lion, and you get this image of the devil as he prowls and roars, as he tries to intimidate us. Right? He's using this bravado. He's using this loud voice to try and say things to you, spinning all sorts of thoughts that only bring anxiety, fear, and confusion. In fact, in Revelation 12.10, it says this, And I heard a voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. Satan is the accuser of the brethren before God. He roars and he accuses us before God daily. And he says things like this, your sin is too great. How could God love you? You are a failure, and your business will fail. 
and you're not good enough. <laughs> you see, he knows our weaknesses and our insecurities, and he loves to point them out and highlight them to us. And day and night, he loves to, this is, this is how wicked he is, he loves to remind us of our failures. And while some might face physical challenges and difficulties or financial, often for a lot of us, this all these, these, these things take place in our minds and in our thoughts. How many of you can relate to having those thoughts before, of feeling not good enough, of feeling unworthy, of never measuring up? For most of us, the battle we face is in our mind. Um, Joyce Meyer, sure, I know, I'm going. <laughs> I'm not going to quote her, don't worry. <laughs> Joyce Meyer once wrote one good book. <laughs> okay? Out of like the five million she's written, she wrote one good book, which I've read, called Battlefield of the Mind. Okay, some of you have read it. And let me just put a massive caveat there. One good book. I don't recommend that you read uh, Joyce Meyer's stuff. It's just personal opinion. The battlefield of the mind. You see, our thoughts are so powerful. And a lot of it plays out here because our thoughts inevitably affect our emotions. And negative thoughts mean negative emotions. And how many of us know that we are run often on our emotions? We don't like to admit it, but we are. Depending how you wake up in the morning and how you feel is generally how your day is going to go. And if you wake up like Rosie every morning quite grumpy, then um, <laughs> Rosie hates getting up in the morning. <laughs> I mean, honestly, sometimes I look at her, I'm like, are oh, you yeah, okay? Like, you look very distressed. <laughs> She really, like, she's like mumbling words and not really making sense. <laughs> she physically can't speak, yeah. And the enemy loves to, uh, loves this combination of negative thoughts and negative emotions. And if he can get you doubting, fearing, depressed, disengaged, and anxious, then he wins. Is this the voice you are listening to even just a little? It's an interesting question, eh? Because as much as the devil roars, accuses, and spreads misinformation, there is a voice that us believers are called to prioritize. Let me just give you a clue. It's not the devil's voice. The voice we are called to prioritize is gentle, loving, positive, corrective, yes, and kind, and it's the voice of the Good Shepherd. John, 27, John 10, 27 says this, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness 
about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. It's a very powerful piece of scripture. And that simple statement, my sheep hear my voice, is packed with really profound and deep Christian doctrine. It expresses a personal intimacy between the shepherd and the sheep. You know, back in ancient days, or I'm, I'm sure it's still like this today, I haven't met many shepherds, but you still see them, right, when you go into the Eastern Cape. You see kind of the cows along the road, and then there's a shepherd behind them with the stick, <laughs> the crook. <laughs> but in the, in, in the, in the ancient days, they would, they would, all the sheep would be in one pen. And then the shepherd would come, and he would call out his sheep. Okay, so the sheep needed to know the voice of their shepherd, because if just one shepherd came and he called and all the sheep came, then there's a bit of a problem. Right? He's, and then suddenly he's like taking all the sheep. But those, his sheep know his voice. So the shepherd goes and he calls them out. And the fact that they know his voice, there's this unmistakable familiarity between the sheep and the shepherd. And they feel safe and looked after and cared for when he's calling them with his voice. Jesus says in John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Knowing the Lord's voice indicates a knowledge of him and a relationship with him. Now again, this is the voice that we need to be listening to in our day-to-day -day lives. There are voices that compete for our attention, but the one voice we need to prioritize every time is the voice of the good shepherd over and above the voice of the lion that often roars in circumstances where he thinks he can intimidate you. Listen for the voice of the good shepherd because he will lead you through whatever circumstance you're in. This, this thing of my sheep Hear my voice also highlights the call of Jesus that brings believers into abundant life. His voice, his words, his encouragement bring us into a place of abundant life. In fact, John 10, 10 says that um, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? Doesn't that sound like the voice of someone we've just spoken about? Our enemy, kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says he comes to give us life and life in abundance. He calls us by name and he knows us by name. Each and every one of us who are his children. And not only that, but when the enemy, and as I was saying before, when the enemy accuses us before God day and night, which it says in Revelation 12, right? While he does that, we have Jesus who intercedes for us 
day and night at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Think about that. As you're sitting here today in church on a Sunday afternoon, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and interceding for each one of you individually. And he is able to save you to the utmost. That should be encouraging. <laughs> I hope it's encouraging. Because as much as the devil comes and intimidates you and accuses you, Jesus comes and encourages and intercedes for you. This is the voice of the good shepherd. Do you know his voice? And do you listen and seek out his voice? Because there's two voices competing for our attention, two narratives, one is life and the other is death. I remember when I was a kid, I, I'm showing my age now, when we used to have radios, you still, you still get radios, right? That you, <laughs> that sounds stupid. Do you get radios that you tune? You do? Okay, cool. I don't know. <laughs> we used to have radios, I used to go to my friend's house, Gavin, Gavin to Blanche, and we'd sit in his computer room, um, and he had an old radio, and we used to, we used to sh um, shift it to shortwave. Did you guys ever do that? And then, like, you'd go, like, you'd be like, shh, 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 wait, 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 and then suddenly you'd hear a voice, and it was like some weird voice from like overseas, some like Portuguese dude or something. It was amazing, and you're like, it kind of transported you to this other. I think it was probably just like over the border, but we were like, and these guys are in Europe, and it's super cool. Probably got some guy sitting in Mozambique speaking Portuguese. But like we were like amped, right? We were like trying to find these voices. Like, I mean, a lot of the time you could hardly hear anything. It was just really bad and just terrible reception. But it, it's this picture of like, what are we, whose voice are we tuning into? More often than not. And I'm speaking, I'm, I'm honestly preaching to myself because I can often tune into the voice that is negative and not good for me and not positive because it feeds something inside of me. And I have to consciously go, I'm not going to tune into that. I'm going to find what God is saying in this situation because often we can just go there because it's sometimes it's quite familiar. Feel sorry for yourself. Yes. I'm just going to go sit in the corner and feel sorry for myself because life sucks. I'm not more than a conqueror. Jesus doesn't love me today. What voice am I tuning into there? Not Jesus. I'm finding some other voice and there's, there's, there's always an enemy who's roaring. He always wants to get into my head and tell me this stuff. I've got to tune back every time with my mind and with my thoughts and get back to what, what does God say about this situation? What does the good shepherd say about this situation? This day doesn't suck. God has created me. I'm a son of the most high God. He lives inside of me. Therefore, I can celebrate. He died on the cross for my sins. His blood has washed away all of my sins. I'm forgiven. Today is a good day. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. Because there's nothing to feel sorry for, actually. If I'm a new creation in Christ, the old has gone. 
there's a battle for your mind and for your thoughts. I, I was going to write another sermon, <laughs> and uh, the intro to that sermon was, I just missed a national call-up to the army when I was younger. I missed it by a year. And we'd, we'd always done cadets in school, so they get you ready from Saturday at 8. And I don't know how they get you ready by just marching around the field for an hour every week, but that's what we did. We were just like, yeah, and then you're <laughs> like, And I hated it. We all hated it. Yes, we wear like brown fatigues to school. Anyway, but I missed going to the army, so I was never in a war. And I was never in a war until I became a Christian. Because we have to realize that this is a war. Because the minute you become a Christian, the devil has got something against you. He's like, I don't like you anymore. I liked you before when you were in your sin. You were great. You rocked. Now I don't like you. Now you and I have got a problem. And in this war, one voice condemns, and the other voice convicts and corrects. One voice destroys and the other builds up. One accuses, and the other encourages and intercedes. One produces faith, and the other produces fear. My encouragement would be to listen to the first voice of the Good Shepherd, to seek his voice out daily. Because, beloved, sometimes the deceiver's accusations and fear-mongering can be louder than the shepherd's assurance in our minds. That's a, that is a terrible statement to make, but it's true. I think we can all actually attest to that. And this is something that we have to and we need to battle if we're going to walk in any semblance of freedom in our Christian walk. So if the voices come, or the vo and that sounds a bit weird, okay, not the voices. <laughs> if you're hearing voices, come speak to me afterwards, we can pray for you. But if the voice comes, and it will, how do we resist? And we are told to take every thought captive, right? 2 Corinthians 10, 4-6, the weapons of our warfare, and I've just told us, we are in a war, are not weapons of the world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Or James 4, 7, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what does that look like when you feel like you're being overwhelmed by these things that are coming at you? You just go, this is not who I am. In fact, in Ephesians 6, where it says, put on the full armor of God, and then what does it say? Put on the full armor of God, it tells you what it is, and then it says, run headlong into battle. Does it say that? No. Stand. And once you've done everything, stand. Right. Stand in your place and don't move. Because this is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to stand and he's going to keep coming at you until you start doing this. Okay? 
And then before you know it, this has just led to you, again, sitting in the corner feeling sorry for yourself. And I'm not condemning anyone. Please, okay, please, hear me. I'm not saying we all have days like this, but I'm trying to encourage you and give you the weapons and equip you and how to not get into that place. When you feel like things are overwhelming you, so stand on the Word of God. Stand what He has given you and move forward in what Christ has for you. I just wrote here, spiritual warfare is real. <laughs> Do we know that? It is real. It really, really is. Ephesians 6, 11 says this, Put on the full armor of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. Interesting word, that, schemes. It's not like he's going, put on the full armor so you can... Uh, Take your stand against the devil's really obvious, plain to see things that he's going to bring against you. Right? Because Andrew always says this if the devil comes at you dressed like the devil with horns and a big fork and a big tail, and he goes, ha ha, <laughs> it's me, the devil. You're going to be like, dude, it's you. It's very obvious. Like, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. Right? But he doesn't. He comes with schemes, he thinks through these things. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this world's darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then in verse 17 it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That is how we overcome these things. By putting on the full armor of God, using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word, and standing. And it can be intimidating, because if you've ever stood in front of a lion, it's intimidating. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No matter what Satan throws at you, greater is God inside of you than anything he can throw at you. He is a defeated foe, and he will try his best, but he's never going to get the better of you if you stand on the Word of God. He can't. He is completely helpless and defenseless, like a little kitten, actually. So, my encouragement this week, find Scripture that speaks to your situation and meditate on it. No matter what your situation is, no matter what you're facing, whatever what you feel is coming against you, find Scripture. Use the sword of the Spirit and stand against it. The word of His voice. Learn His voice. And again, I ask that question, do we know His voice? It's important that we know the voice of our shepherd. Because when we need him in times of danger, we need to know his voice so we can appeal to that and run to him. Learn the voice. Learn his voice. If you know the Lord's voice and what he is saying, you won't be caught out by the enemy's half-truths. Because half-truths are exactly that. They're not the whole truth. Think of Satan and Jesus when Jesus was being tempted. Satan used Scripture. He twisted Scripture and half-used Scripture to try and get the better of Jesus. He says this, and Jesus says, no, it is written. And Jesus brings the correction, right? 
Choose to respond in faith to a situation and listen to the Good Shepherd. His voice will produce faith and not fear. And lastly, sometimes we need to choose and exercise faith. That can also be hard. Because sometimes choosing to exercise faith is a bit like a discipline. Choosing to believe, to listen to the good report of the good shepherd can become a bit of an exercise in discipline. Of going, no matter what my thoughts are and how bad I feel, I'm going to choose by faith to believe what scripture says about this situation. And that can be hard. It really can be. And that's why it's a discipline. And that's why it takes time. And that's why it takes a little bit of us learning his voice, knowing his voice, staying close to him all the time. So when he speaks, we know his voice. When any other voice comes, we know it's not his voice. Because Satan is a deceiver. He'll try to deceive you with a whole bunch of voices. That's why we need to learn the voice of God. Know it intimately. And the only way you get to know the voice of God is if you spend time with him. And if you're reading his word and knowing what it says. Does that make sense? Good. There are a thousand voices competing for our attention. And in the spiritual realm, I've spoken about two. And these two can have a major impact on us, depending on who we choose to listen to. As believers, as sheep, we are called to only listen to the voice of our shepherd, who is Jesus. And sometimes, in our, other situ- in our situations, we need to get people around us who can remind us what the voice of of Jesus actually is. And my encouragement to you as well is if you are feeling like you're in a situation where the devil is roaring and things are a bit out of control, reach out to people who can remind you what the Lord says in any given situation. Because we do sometimes become overwhelmed. And we need to bring people around us who can remind us what the voice of God is saying in a situation.